It's what is it? What is it, Nick? It's Word Games Podcast episode number seventy-six. All right, thank you. I needed some help. <laughs> go, 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 go. Uh, what's up, Nick? Hey, man, I'm tired. Nick, Nick, Nick Nundall from Instant Replay Live. Yeah, that's where I'm from. That's that is where you're from. How, how are you doing? I'm well, man. It's been a great weekend so far. Well and tired. Yeah, that well and tired. And then in the bowels of Pax. Mm-hmm. And then also Joe Wetmore. Whoa, wacky. I'm also here. I am also of Instant Replay Live. Uh, hey, and you know what? I I know you've been t- giving us our names, but what's your what's your name? Oh, uh, my my name's Dylan. Oh, they they knew that. El Vento. They, that, that that's the that's the kicker there. Yeah, <laughs> curveball coming right at you. Well, but we're not the only ones. We're not. We're Joan. We are joined we're Joan. by. We're Joan. We're Jones in for Luke Poor. What's going on? Not so much. Actually, check that a lot. Yeah, Pax has been happening. Not much. That's like my opening line. Uh-huh. Yeah, man. It's been a great uh, weekend so far. Yeah, it's been a it's been a busy Pax. Luke, try talking some more. Hi. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm tired. Pax okay. is really crazy. All right. I just need to make sure you still had a voice. Getting some levels adjusted in this crazy world. This gonna go in the podcast. This is a, like meta episode. We just of need some like a, like Board a soundtrack, like like a like a nice music you can overlap. Live volume editing. Live levels adjusting. <laughs> just repeat that on loop over that uh-huh. whole segment. You got it now. You got Joe's audio for that. You could just use that. <laughs> Whenever I have to do a live cut, <laughs> live now doing adjusting. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful, like a chicken. Uh, speaking of chickens, so uh, Dan actually wanted to go to that chickens and games panel, but he didn't get a chance to. Did you hear about this? I didn't. What is this? It's all just about chickens and games. That's like, <laughs> all right, hold like on. Like, like, in, uh, yeah, like, like yeah, every like all every appearance, like all appearances are valid for talking. Uh, yes, of chickens. Yes, it like. Cuckoos and things like that. Right. Ultimate chicken horse. Ultimate chicken horse. I still I'm, need to go by and say hi to hi to Rich. We're gonna do that. Oh tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely you do. Uh, I mean, I don't know. If there's a better chicken games podcast. I don't know. If there's a better chicken appearance than Zelda because like hitting the chickens, like, the cuckoos, and having them go crazy is just like I can't think of a more memorable chicken experience for me. And the reason I brought that up is because in Breath of the Wild, you can take one of the chickens <laughs> and throw it at a monster, and if a monster hits it. A thousand of them just swarm the monster, <laughs> yeah, and kill it. Oh man, have you been playing a lot of Breath of the Wild? I got it the night I was headed out to PAX, and I didn't touch it. Oh, okay. All I right. Took it out of the Amazon box. I was like, "Well, we're gonna put that aside." Yeah, and I'll come back to it later. You didn't bring your Switch with you to the? No, to the I wasn't con. one of these fancy friggin' coastal elites with their goddamn money to afford switches. It feels like <laughs> there's one right next to you. It feels like we goddamn should. coastal elite. <laughs> feels like everybody should have had a holiday for like a week like we should, should there should be a national holiday like oh zelda just came out <laughs> like for a week nobody do anything just play zelda yeah that would have made sense I economically holiday. yeah i think people just took that holiday they just <laughs> yeah they just pretended the holiday existed oh i'm sick for a week i got a case of the zelda itis wait you're telling me i missed the chicken panel you did yes. uh, yeah honestly i've missed a lot of panels i i thought i was gonna go to more but mm-hmm. there has been so much on the expo hall 
I haven't I haven't escaped the expo. That's hall, exactly really. what happened to me. I used to go well. to this one really great panel. It's called Hidden Gems. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. tell, tell me about it. Yeah. yeah, Nick, why don't you explain it? Well, I mean, you had to like really be in the know. There were only what like three hundred people in that room. That was weird. <laughs> yeah, that, that was amazing, man. We're just sitting there and we're just like, oh, it's gonna be what like a couple dozen. Yeah, and then just like a couple start coming in the room, and then like this, it just kept, they just kept coming. I was like, oh no. Like, cause I, you know, I, I, I don't have like a large amount of stage fright, but I get like a little bit sure. like just, just being, um, in front of people. But, but I was like, okay, it was like, it's just going to be us. We're just going to be dicking around on this, on this panel or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. Then, yeah. Oh, you didn't mentally prepare fuck. for not, So we went and got lunch right before and we were like, God, we got to get over there. We got to get over there. And I was like, all right, it might be like us and like a few other people. I don't know what we're walking into. Yeah. And then like we walked in and it was like, God, we're not going to find seats. <laughs> yeah. You guys filled that fucking room. It was awesome. It was weird. And there's, there, it's not like we like advertise super heavily about it. Like I put the, the usual, the standard Facebook, Twitter stuff out. But that's awesome, man. I was, yeah, I was super stoked. It's got me thinking I should definitely do more panels. Yeah. And like try to get myself some exposure like that. That's I, I was so happy for you guys. Well, I appreciate it. We were we were super we were super excited too. And I and it was really good crowd energy. Like when I said like, how's everyone doing? Everyone's cheering, everyone's super excited. Yeah. That was awesome. I really liked it. So we should probably tell listeners who don't know what your actual panel was, which was you oh, were it's gonna at, go up as an episode before this. Oh, the whole thing is the whole okay, thing's going so, up. Yeah, regular listeners know already. Um <laughs> hopefully I think it I think it caught the, the floor mic too. So your oh, your, sweet. your guys' little bit should be in there. Sweet. Although, in case any of the viewers had a sudden uh, blackout for a week and missed that episode, Hidden Gems <laughs> was just about uh the well hidden gems of packs right games that you might overlook if you were missing. Yes, so easy to hidden. overlook. We still There's haven't so seen Jim yeah. I haven't seen Jim Thorne yet. Like oh, you guys Bob talked Thorne. about, it. I mean Bobby Thorne. Bobby yeah. Thorne. Okay, yeah, yeah. You saved your coin. <laughs> I I don't know where I put it. I think oh, it's in no. my other. I think it's in my other shirt pocket. Can I put it in my breast pocket? You're a bad. You're follower. in trouble. I'm a bad. You're in trouble. Yeah. So this game, I guess you guys are talking about. You'll be better to tell about it, of course. But you have an evangelical. <laughs> it's so weird. Kind of thing. Well, like, and 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 Mason gave a really good sell on it, but there yeah. are parts that like mesmerize me specifically because whenever the guy. Whenever the person operating it in the Vive talks, mm-hmm. it's this really bad animatronic talking where it's just the jaw <laughs> opening and closing, <laughs> and he's like, "But and then the the have you ever have you ever looked at uh, Foo VR? It's Will Smith's thing. Uh-uh. Have you heard of that? Uh, do you know who Will Smith is from like Tested Podcast? Well, uh, the <laughs> Fresh like, Prince. <laughs> I, was, I was pretty sure it was the Fresh Prince for a minute. <laughs> I was like, I didn't know Fresh Prince was into VR. I got very confused there for a second. Uh, but no, I actually have heard of the Will Smith you speak of. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so. so he left Tested and he founded Foo VR, which is just about doing VR like entertainment, like in the sense yeah. of like doing like interviews and stuff. And he has a he has an episode of uh, the Foo show out where it's him interviewing like Sean Vanaman, the other guys from Campo Santo about Firewatch in the Watchtower. Mm-hmm. in firewatch so they're just like so they're in sitting in there yeah yeah they're sweet. like picking up the uh, all the models and interacting with them and stuff but like they had to do a lot of like jury rigging with like you know if i'm holding the the vive controllers and i'm moving them how how are my arm joints going because because the 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 vive controllers in those demos are like its hand or or the character's hands uh-huh. and so the they had to basically in in most VR demos, you, the hands are just floating like Rayman, yeah, just out. Right. But they had to connect them to arms and connect those arms oh, properly yeah. to shoulders. That's oh, the man. best, like that's the most immersive version if they can get that right. Yeah, 
because like we've been playing um, Resident Evil Seven on our channel in VR, and you get the floating hands thing, and oh, really? it just huh. really breaks your connection to that world. That one, like you're using, can you use a move controller uh, with it? Well, yeah, so you can. We haven't been doing that. Um, I think I think it's compatible with the move controllers. I'm not honestly positive. But uh, I don't have enough, like, I have to move a couch in order to be able to use the move controllers. Uh-huh. And it was just like, that doesn't feel worth it. It honestly <laughs> has a number of weird disconnects. Like, even outside of the hands, when you get knocked on the ground in Resident Evil 7 and VR, your head is on the floor. So, like, if you feel like you're standing through the floor, basically, uh-huh. you're, you're mm-hmm. supposed to be knocked laying down. So your head's, your height is now at floor level, but it just feels like your neck is going straight through the floorboards, you know, and, and the rest of your body is floating in the middle of no space. Which and is probably how they did it. If you could like look at a third party, a third person camera, you know? Right. Um, I, I mean, I don't know the, the like the, the thing that, that, that I wouldn't complain about that if, if I hadn't played in VR where getting down low on the ground was like a part of the experience, like in other the games. vibe, you can actually, you crouch down. It's like you're crouching down in real life and it's like, it translates really well. And just, you don't even think about the fact that you're crouching down in other VR games. But in Resident Evil, it takes you out. Although we're 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 moving away from packs here. We're digressing. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What were we talking about? Oh, so uh, Bobby elbows. Thorne. Bobby Thorne. Yeah. <laughs> so he so he's using the Vive controllers to like move his hands, but they're not as intelligent as like what you see in the the Foo VR stuff. Yeah. So he's like doing this weird kind of like his hands are kind of like folding in on themselves <laughs> and like at him. I feel like that must add to the experience he's, in this particularly creepy, bizarre that, way. That guy was super creepy. He, he sounds like an Adam Sandler character. Like he looks like a movie. Adam Sandler movie character. Rather. He looks like the uh, the villain. The the enemy. In the artist in Bioshock. Oh, oh yeah. Who's that character? You know what I'm talking about? Well, there were several. So the, you're the, talking about the one. The one that cast people like in wax or whatever. You know what I'm talking about? Which Bioshock was it? Bioshock one. Okay. In that case, I'm out. There's so many, man. I remember the surgeon. I remember the, uh, yeah, it wasn't, the, the, the bunny hat guy. I'm going to agree with you th- for the sake of agreeing with you. I think it was a bunny hat guy. But basically, yeah. he has like kind of like short, like slick backed hair. And like a thin pencil mustache, and just that mixed with like the white suit, just like just makes him so creepy. It's perfect in every way. Exactly what I want from my evangelicals. Sandra Cohen, thank you, Kenny. Kenny's in the other room. He's giving me he's <laughs> live, shaking his head. Live <laughs> fact checks. Oh man! So should have had him on the show. Yeah. No, we will. <laughs> That's my my life's goal this weekend is to have Kenny on the show. Because we referenced Kenny a couple a while back, because we were talking about GameStop, and Kenny used to work at GameStop, so I want to nice. get his four one one. That sounds interesting. Being a GameStop manager, Kenny, if you can hear me, I love you, and I hope on the podcast that you're on, you you say, "Hey, Joe, I love you," and we'll have a little <laughs> laughing. <laughs> <laughs> This whole episode has been made worth it. <laughs> and the next episode, too. Yeah. <laughs> when he uh, hopefully... Hopefully, yeah. yeah. Reciprocates your love. Uh, but yeah, so the panel was was awesome. Yes. It went really well. I'm glad. And, you know, it was kind of... I kind of had a basic structure, and then we kind of threw it to the wind because it was... I kind of like... It was like, all right, well, there's four of us, and let's say four, four, 40 solid minutes, like with being book bookend by like intros and outros and whatever. Mm-hmm. And so everyone will just take 10 minutes to talk about a game. And then I was like, you can't really structure a game conversation like that. It's kind of more free. You know, we're like just now we just jump from that Bobby Thorne game right. to Resident Evil 
seven to Bioshock. Like it, it wasn't going to work that way. And I realized that once we started looking around the floor and so people started collecting stuff. I actually, I only played one game and I was like, this game is cool. I'm going to talk about this game. Oh yeah. It was actually worked out really well because everyone else got to talk about and we get the, uh, kind of, slingshot off of one another and talk about stuff yeah that's what you hope for in a good conversation yeah (laughs) Yeah. Uh, i liked it a lot and i think i think the other guys liked it too and i think (laughs) it's so funny when the whole room erupted in laughter that mason talking to the null space guys yeah it was like why'd you put the light on the suit and he's like because it looks fucking cool (laughs) yeah that's good i i did actually after after your uh your Panel. I, I went and got on, got into the hard light, and yeah, I, like I, it? I, 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 you know, the the one thing that really got me on it. I mean, it fit well. It, it was cool to get vibrations, but shooting the gun and having the vibrations up your arm was just like it felt good. Like yeah, it was this, like this is a vest and sleeves that give you haptic response all over your body, right? All over where you're wearing. Oh yeah, yeah just like point. your torso, so or your limb. Or I your haven't arm. I haven't done it yet, but that sounds so cool. I, yeah. I will say it's very much a demo, right? Like it's you know it's. The the it's a it's a basic setup where you're just shooting some scorpions in the desert, uh, and so there's not like <laughs> as you do, yeah, yeah, <laughs> as, as, as one does when they're in the desert. But uh, it, it it you know it demonstrated the suit, and then like as soon as you leave that panel, you're like, oh, that or that that um, that uh, demo, you're like, I I can think of all the ways this could be used, right? Like imagine that with a horror game where you just you know you know there's something following you, and then you have a little tap on your shoulder, and you turn around and nothing's there, right? Like right. Um, yes. it's it's there's so much potential for that, and and uh, I I'm I'm very eager to see more of that. So did it feel like like a rumble though? Did it feel like HD rumble? Yeah, it, 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 <laughs> did it, it, it feel like HD? Yeah. I mean, it has, you know, it, like a controller, it can vibrate more or less. Okay, so, uh, it's, so it doesn't feel like an actual, like, pressure hitting your shoulder. It just feels like, v- v- and then you know. It's wearing a rumble pack. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. That's still cool. I mean, I'm not downplaying it. Uh, they haven't added the needles mod yet. That's uh, yeah, on version 2.0. Hypodermic <laughs> drains blood. Yeah. That'll be cool. And then the, then <laughs> in the next version injections. is yeah, injecting these chemicals Jeez. to change your responses to things. Oh. One day. <laughs> oh, oh, we can only hope. Kind of going back on the uh, panel, I really enjoyed it. And I think I kind of know why a lot of people showed up to it. At least from my perspective, a lot of people like looking for hidden gems, especially when oh, they're yeah. getting into like yeah. a certain area. The idea of like games that are hidden, games that are just like, they're just not out there. They're just not known yeah. to the public. And especially at something like PAX, it is very hard to kind of keep track of like all the different games that are being shown off and that are going on. You just don't get time to see all of them, or yeah, yeah. We spent we took we took one corner and started in it, and got to like I don't know maybe like ten booths in, and it was the end of the day for us. Like our yeah. feet were killing us; we couldn't walk anymore. Maybe less than ten percent of of the expo hall that you explored in, down that one path. Yeah, right. Like yeah. So it's uh, so crazy. Today I, I planned myself, paced myself a little better. I was like, all right, I'm gonna just blow past that one because that doesn't look good. This one looks great. You know. I mean that's. And definitely, like, the best things I've experienced at this place were things that I stumbled upon, not things that I knew about coming in. Like, none of the, sure, Nintendo and, you know, big companies have, like, major uh, booths up, but (laughs) the best experiences I've had were at at, um, booths that I didn't know existed going in. Right. That's the joy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And Luke, going back to what you said, like, you're definitely right. Like, I, I did not know how much this panel would have resonated with people before walking into that that room into that theater like when people started coming in and filling all the seats i was like 
oh, this is something that can resonate with people. And it's also something that's that's repeatable. So it's like, you know, I would like to imagine if 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 the PAX is willing, if PAX lets me to like make it a yearly thing, because every year there's going to be new games every year, there's going to be new stuff. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many years you do it. It's not like it's you're not going through the same material. You're not going through the same stuff. Um, so I think that would be cool to be kind of a, uh, a, a regular, a cornerstone of PAX East and maybe, maybe the other PAXs as well. But I think it's really cool. Almost like a guide to kind of show off like, here's all this great stuff. Right. You may have not seen it. And, 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 and giant bomb trades on that a lot. And they're giant, like their panels happening right now. Um, oh, yeah. and, and they, uh, and, but, but, but because they're media, they get to, they get to see like more kind of dedicated demos. Like, um, I met with my friend Alvarin, who was also on the podcast last summer, um, and she works for Game Skinny, so they have media passes, and they're able to uh, go to all the uh, behind-the-scenes rooms and get get de- dedicated demos and stuff. And it's like, and and that's important because you trust those people to come back with with you know their opinions and reports and things like that about like the progress of this game. But being someone on the show floor especially being a developer, you get a very different uh, point of view. Like you understand like, hey, not every, everyone has media passes. If you're just a, an attendee on Saturday, like you don't get to skip this two-hour line. You have to stand in this line. Is this line worth it? Well, right. if you don't want to stand in the line, here's some other stuff. And it's, and it's things like that. So that's why we And just, not only that, but like you said, you talked about during the panel – You've got all these big flashy booths that call attention and they're giant screens and they're, you know, cosplayers that they've hired for the day to come and, and be the characters for the Bought game. Lamborghinis. Right. Yeah. But the indie devs can't afford that. Can't make that stuff happen. And uh, some of them I've seen actually surprise me because they could. But That, but, that Shovel Knight booth is yeah. pretty impressive. There's, I like some, it. there's some good ones out there. But but for the most part, the people who are just like starting up, they can't do that stuff. And uh, so, you know, they they need some exposure and giving them that panel. Yeah, for the people who don't know how to find them, I think is awesome. So it's a service. It was great. It was also interesting, like where they came from. It was like because me and Nick we ended up going to a uh, to a booth that was like I can't I forget the name of the game off the top of my head, but it was a bunch of Israeli developers, and they're trying to kind oh, of yeah. like pave the path for like that indie was, games um, and Israeli and Israel. <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh, oh man, it was the dog game. Was it Buck? Buck. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, so this guy is doing a game based based on his dog, even though I will say like the animated dog he made doesn't really look a whole lot like his dog and it doesn't a, look a lot like a dog. <laughs> it's it's a dog, yeah. It's based it, on his dog insofar as in the fact that like his dog is a dog. Yeah, right. So. And then it's like, not even the same breed. <laughs> it's this whole like beat 'em up side scroller where you're playing a dog martial arts character who uh is in a like a pseudo apocalyptic wasteland. So I, I don't know where the connection is back to his dog yet, but um, but it is awesome. Yeah, there are people from all over the world here. There were a lot of people I talked to like them. Mm-hmm. They're like, this is my first PAX. This is my first time in the U.S. And uh, they definitely need the time and attention, right? Like, yes. You got to get out there and see those guys. Definitely, definitely. Which is why when I stopped by the, the semblance devs, like the only reason I stopped by is because they tweeted at us. And like they're obviously doing the work beforehand to see like how, what, what angle can we come at at this oh here's this panel that's talking about unique stuff let's try to get them and they got my attention and it worked and 
I mean, that's really commendable and that's awesome because now, you know, I talk to them, they're developers, we're developers, we're able mm-hmm. to connect on that level. Yeah. But yeah, I really liked it. So how do we make this episode different from your panel now where uh, we don't just talk about the games that we, well, we can talk about different games, I yeah. guess. We've had a whole extra day since then. Well, I'd, um, I want to hear more about that Darwin project thing you guys are talking oh, about. Yeah, so good. So basic premise, right, is like Battle Royale or the Hunger Games, maybe more mm-hmm. uh, palatable to American audiences. <laughs> but uh, so you've got you've got a bunch of people are I think they're prisoners in the premise of the game because they're all wearing prison jumpsuits in their in their booth. As were the devs. <laughs> That's what oh, I mean. Oh, I That's what I mean. Yeah. It's um, like in the, the Firewatch booth. They were all wearing Park Ranger, Park Ranger outfits. So you just nice. see Sean Vammen walking around like a forest ranger. Nice. So they're all dressed up and uh, basically you've got you got the characters go in and they're thrown into this frozen wasteland. And the first thing you have to do is craft yourself a fire, which means chopping down a tree, building the fire and just getting your body heat up. So you have to manage your body heat the entire time you're playing um, while also crafting better weapons, better armor, better clothes, uh, etc. cetera. Uh, and um, all the other players are doing this at the same time. And hunting each other. So there's this big kind of survival mechanic to it. It's it's survival plus like, you know, free for all deathmatch. And uh, so that makes the survival elements like happen super fast. It's not like the forest or mm-hmm. um, punch this tree rust. Yeah. Yeah. You don't sit there and do that for hours and build up all your stuff and then lose it in one go. You're like you're in for a 20 minute match. Things got to fly fast. And uh, I think that's that's a brilliant uh innovation to both of the genres and it also is just super fun and then joe's favorite mechanic is that they close off zones of the map as you play right you're you're slowly forced together so there's this just kind of ever building tension which is great um and uh yeah i you know it's weird it's interesting to me because this game games that take two genres and kind of mash them together this kind of arena play with like open world survival it goes wrong most of the time uh like when you're when they're just jamming up genres to see where it lands uh but they manage to like not only put them together but make it like really expedient like you you jump in there without knowing much about the game and things just start making sense really really fast and sure i didn't have enough time to play and see all the different things that i could build but at any point when i looked at something that i could build it's like oh i could use this for this purpose Mm -hmm. you know like i see oh i've got a cold meter i need this fire to stay warm oh i can place traps you know to try to get players like like it all just made sense and picked up really really fast um the, the learning curve for a game that has that is kind of genre bending to keep that learning curve nice and slight it's just it's just good on the developers part yeah i'm very those developers are awesome i feel like that's a diff, like you were saying before joe i think it's a difficult place to start when you just say i like this genre and this genre how can i put them together because it's, right that, that's not that's not like a good synthesization of your understanding of those if you're just kind of like throwing things into a pot right but they they married them and not only that they didn't compromise a learning curve even when they did put those things together so yeah i i dig that game 100 mm-hmm. percent um i think that's for us it was absolutely our favorite as a as a trio right luke well, yeah, yeah. i enjoyed oh, it a lot do you do you not it wasn't my Joe? favorite of the con really? now it is in my top three all right um i i think i i did mention my, my other favorite at the hidden gems i think it's probably still flint hook Okay. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, I haven't. Is that an indie mega booth, or they have their own booth? They had their own booth. Okay. Yeah, it was. It was not too far from the indie mega booth, though. Um, 
But uh, yeah, it, it honestly, I think it was just the extreme level of polish that it had. Like it just Luke played it's it as well. Hook it, hook shotting across the map just felt so good. Like and sometimes the gameplay that is that slick when you just you get in and you're able to. It's, it feels like being Spider Man in Spider Man Two when it was just like web slinging just made sense and you were just like, oh, this is immediately immersive because of how good the movement feels. Spider Man. Yeah, no, that game was really good i always like it when 2d games like that that have some sort of platforming element i always like to go fast in them. so whenever a game has controls that are very nice and allow you to just like move around at incredibly high speeds and it's fun and it's you know and it, it's innovative it's cool i really liked it mm-hmm. it was a really cool game that's definitely i'd say number two for me right now under the darwin project uh maybe not the whole battle Man, royale just, type i'm thing. way off <laughs> just whole, shut up nick just shut up <laughs> i'm leaving the whole battle royale thing isn't my favorite thing but that is definitely number three though i would say for me okay so what's your number one so what's number one i don't know such a tease. I, I will say though like i mean nick even though you you thought you assumed it was our favorite it's still like you know it's just I, it's it's mood based right like i'm not necessarily an arena competitive player but yeah. the fact that it's on my top three is indicative of how good how it is strong it is on the other yeah. hand pixel art side scrollers are mm-hmm. my thing and of yes. course my other two top twos are pixel side scrollers you know and and that's that's because they belong there for me but for another game from a genre that i wouldn't normally be concerned about to make it up there with those is like yeah this is a really good game and i really hope it can it can find its niche in competitive play because it would be awesome to see like it has that kind of like team fortress 2 feel where yes. it's goofy and fun but it also has this perfect element of um of like the, the competition feels healthy yeah uh and so doesn't feel like it'll get too one-sided too quickly or anything like that. Yeah, everyone has a chance when they get in there. Wait, so you mentioned two pixel art platformers. What's the other one? Oh, glad you caught that. Yeah. The other one was a game called Dead Cells, and it's a metric. They, they described it as a roguevania, uh, which is to say that it has these big sprawling paths. Everyone's but- big into these portmanteaus. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They have, but it's a big sprawling path thing. But as you play. You have to unlock ways to get around the environment, uh-huh. and those stick with you even after you die. Rogue, of course, roguelikes mean you're going to lose everything for the most part. You lose your weapons, you lose your level ups, but you keep your utilities for like wall jumping or teleporting through barriers, things like that. So when you go back to the beginning, and it's all randomly generated, but the obstacles that would otherwise bar your progress, you can now go through those and explore different pathways Um that's all just kind of the the general description of the game. The reason it's actually good is just it's it's got this beautiful challenge level where it has they're definitely borrowing elements from games like Bloodborne, even though it's a side scroller. They they borrow elements from other you know classic games, but they put them all together in a way that's just a just a really good package. Uh, it's hard to describe without having a visual reference for the art, just how good the art is. Um, and even though I said it's pixel art, the model for the main character is actually a three D model, but he's always facing with pixels so it's it's weird it's i can't i can't give do it justice in, in, in an auditory description masquerading yeah, it's, 2d it's it's yeah but it looks good it looks really really cool and i mean it's all they've got soft light blurring out some of the pixels so it's it's pixel art that's weirdly like meshed into an environment that has this like in between 2d pixels and 3d modeling um yeah just a just a juicy game that's one of the reasons, actually, why I don't have a number one. There is still, like, two games that I know about 
that I probably would really enjoy that I just haven't played yet. And that is one of them. <laughs> so in passing, you're you're saving your number one spot for something yeah. you haven't played. Yeah, no, well, <laughs> this I, is pretty good, <laughs> but I probably won't love it. Yeah. <laughs> would you like a boat or the mystery box? <laughs> mystery box could be anything. It could even be a boat. <laughs> could be two boats. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, that Family Guy or Simpsons? Simpsons. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay to quote Simpsons but not Family Guy. No, I was just curious. I was trying to remember. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. You know what? Um, I, I'll say it. I like Family Guy. I, uh, I, I, I enjoyed Family Guy, and even in the later seasons, when people think the general consensus is that it tanked, right? Uh, I still there were still moments in it that I was like, you know, I think it's just Seth MacFarlane just having a good time. Yeah, <laughs> I think just He's doing his thing. Just let him, let him be. You and think I mean, I wonder how much it's him anymore, and how much it's just the writing team that he's just like, yeah, I'll come no, in and do it. No, still voice. a voice. It's, it's him. It's, well, he's voicing. Yeah, Seth MacFarlane is still super involved in it, and what's he? more, he's very he's very into the commentary on what Family Guy is now. Okay, like they're, they're they get meta, like really, really heavily meta at times, and 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 you know, and the way their their jokes haven't really evolved, except for in getting more and more meta. Hmm. Um, they're really good. Uh, did you ever see that? Um, that crossover, the Family Guy Simpsons crossover. I actually haven't watched it yet, it's, which seems it's, I. It's pretty. F- I I didn't watch all of it, but they had like clips on on uh, I think like FX or something or I don't know somewhere somewhere. It, they're Fox shows, right? Aren't they? Yeah, both of them. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> but so <laughs> there's a scene where they're like flying a biplane together. And they're like seated, like it's like that scene in Indiana Jones. They're like just seated between or one behind the other, and they're like, "Oh, it's like we gotta fly out of here or something." And then Bob Belcher from Bob's Burgers pops out in a third seat in the row, <laughs> and Homer's like, "What's he doing here?" And Family Guys, and uh, I mean, uh, Family uh, Guy, family yeah, guy. that's fine. Oh, you know, is, the Family Guy. He is the Family Guy. No, um, Peter's like, "Oh, we had to carry him with us." He's like, "Look what happened to him." And there's a second plane with uh, uh, Cleveland in it. He's like, "Oh no, oh no!" And his plane just crashes into the ground. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> I don't watch any of those shows, but that sounds hilarious. <laughs> it's just it's just going back to like, okay, it's they're pretty self-aware of like, you yeah. know, yeah. where the pulse is. And I can respect that. And also, anytime I go up to Mason, and I'm like, hey, you want to see my impression of John Wayne at, Christmas, at Thanksgiving? Howdy, pilgrims. <laughs> <laughs> which is a big, which is a stupid family guy joke, but it's still pretty funny. Uh, welcome again. If you're just now joining us, this is the podcast about packs and family guys. <laughs> <laughs> family guy fans. This is the family guy section of the podcast. Uh, I like uh, we're the family guy game on the show floor. Real big. There's oh, I didn't. See no, that. I was joking. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, uh, I wouldn't have been surprised. I know there was like a Steven Universe game out there. Yeah. Uh, has uh, anybody tried Rick and Morty VR yet? No. no. God, I want to so bad. I'm sure the line is probably crazy for it. If yeah. I were to get in there, I'd just be sad that season three isn't out yet. <laughs> It's just, it's just, it's just. You put the 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 rift of the, the vibe on, and it's just a picture of Dan Harmon just flicking you off. <laughs> yeah. That so would actually be. Game. I would be into it. I'd be fine with it. I would be so used, especially if I waited in line for like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and they like you. You have to sign like an NDA, so you can't oh, tell crazy person. Dan. You can't God. say what's in there. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, have you guys watched Harmon Quest? So I've I've seen the the documentary series and I've seen various clips of the you know the tabletop adventures uh-huh. uh you know animated into cartoons right 
I haven't seen the actual show. I don't have. I don't want. I don't want to pay CISO money for internet. You can literally watch it in the seven day free trial. Is what I yeah. did. I just watched it. And I was like, all right. Oh, I guess I could watch my brother, my brother and me. But I was like, eh. And I just yeah. canceled my subscription. I'm like, yeah. all right, thank you for your, <laughs> thank you for your time. Wait, can you watch a video of the podcast of my brother, my brother and me? They have a show now on CISO. That's oh. like its own dedicated well, thing. That sounds pretty solid, actually. It's pretty good. Hey, if you're listening to this podcast, why don't you go check out My Brother, My Brother, and Me? This is Hidden Gems of CISO. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so I just, but um, I I watched the Tarman Quest. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it's, I love the concept, right? Like, first of all, just completely goofy Dungeons and Dragons adventures. Uh, You know, I'm a D&D fan. Yeah. And uh, and I'm also a Dan Harmon fan, even though he's sometimes an asshole. And, uh, and animating D&D adventures is something I've always wanted to see happen. So, and they're, and they're really witty, but you see a lot of that. Like, I mean, I know you guys do, do the instant role play live and like, yep. you know, uh, Penny Arcade is like leaning acquisitions incorporated, leaning completely into acquisitions incorporated, which is hilarious because I remember watch, listening to his original podcast where it was Jerry, Mike, Scott Kurtz. And, uh, I forget. The, the the name of the dm at uh, that chris time perkins. chris perkins thank you um it's just so it's interesting how they can be so committed to ideas sometimes and just keep just hitting them until they work which makes it really upsetting when they get lazy and don't commit to the ideas they're working on like yeah. the penny arcade like the games that they were doing oh. with hothead yeah and hothead that was like first game was amazing yeah and the second one's good too yeah but then after that hothead was like yeah they just kind of stopped working they just stopped kind of well, communicating with I us mean, the big thing is i think when you're them right like what we what, what everyone in this room right now is interested in is being creative people and doing creative things and following our creative whims uh, i wish and, i was an automaton but go on <laughs> <laughs> you mean you are but <laughs> We, we see, yeah, the springs just fly out of his neck. <laughs> Head spins. <laughs> Live editing commencing. <laughs> uh, but uh, so, you know, when you want to act on these creative whims, we can't because we have jobs and like lives and other bullshit that gets in the way. And so we, we find our outlets and we find the time we can for them. But who can tell... Mike and 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 Jerry know when they want to act on their creative whims, right? right like, right. I want to make a game right now. Eh, I'm kind of done with making that game. I'm yeah. gonna make a different game. I'm gonna and, do and, a different and, thing. And they and they made the last two episodes, but they were made in like the style of like a, a Super Nintendo era JRPG with yes. the guys that made Cthulhu saves, saves the world. The world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, a big thing in act, in game design is scrapping your first draft. Like, yeah, tell it, me about game design, Joe. I, I, Talk to the indie developer. I mean, teach but, me. Like, there, there are some really oh, great master. like post mortems out there. Like Diablo two, right? Like a major, massive game uh, that that has you know still played today. Yeah. They scrapped their first draft. That they were like, ah, this isn't what we want to do. Let's go in a different direction. Yeah, you know. And so, it, like things like like you know a, a creative a creative team saying this isn't what we're, we we want to do creatively anymore is like sure. Like shedding shedding ideas is a huge part of. You know, even when things can strike gold for a moment, you know, that that runs out eventually. Well, so. It's just funny because, like, I would look at something like the Penny Arcade video game where, like, I really like the first two by Hothead. And that's something I would want them to commit to. Right. Whereas the acquisitions incorporate things seem like such a throwaway idea that they just seem so committed to, like, well, continuously what, hammering. What do you think their commitment is? Because 
to me, the Acquisitions Incorporated level of commitment for them is based on Chris Perkins, right? Like Wizards has to throw in the heavy lifting and Chris Perkins so. specifically. They just have to show up and play and also And do the animations and stuff when they do those like uh well do they short. Don't, doesn't um Well Chris Stroud, Stroud yeah. yeah, does the animations. Yeah. So like and, and they don't have to do that. They don't have to you know, actually plan the the event hall either. I'm sure they've got people well, for that at this point. Yeah, but I mean, like, I know, I know for a fact the Penny Arcade team, which it was like Gavin Grick, Gecko, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, who the uh, I don't know who their web dev is right now, but they they made that site, that yeah. that new acquisitions incorporated site. So, so it's that's like, what I'm saying. Like they they're not actually that. In, it's probably a pretty easy low commitment for for specifically Mike and Jerry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. And like they're doing like a, a weekly. Uh, uh, live stream D and D now, yeah. which has Chris Straub and a couple Amy Falcone, I think, or a couple people. Mm. So yeah, they're not not even involved in that. It was like also if you look at their YouTube stuff, like their Let's Play. Okay, I, this is now just turning into a complete like <laughs> let's completely critique construct. Yeah, Penny Mike Arcade. and Jerry, but um, that's like their YouTube stuff. It's like they like leaned real hard into it. And then they stopped or even like the documentary style well, stuff. I'm, I'm, leaned yeah, real hard docu- into yes, it. I will definitely agree on the documentary stuff. Their YouTube stuff didn't seem like they leaned that hard into it to me. Oh, you didn't think so? They just kind of uh, took a dip into the let's play kind of thing. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, they had like five different types of shows. There was like the horror game one. And then there yeah. was like the first 15. And then there was like, I guess I missed some of that. There was a couple other ones. Um, I have consumed almost zero penny arcade. Yeah, I still read I, the comics. I, I, like, I know the comic is really good. I've, I watched their strip search show. I really i really dug that oh, but yeah. uh, uh i applied to that <laughs> no oh nice. awesome. yeah <laughs> i mean it's when not I was awesome, an I guess, because you didn't get in you jerk yeah i'm just but, a uh, failure <laughs> but no i mean i i know that panaricate is quality and I'm, I'm at their you know their convention now but uh I, I have so little knowledge of the actual uh it's and that's funny you say that because a lot of like my i would say my development like my you know coming of age stuff as well as like my thinking as a creative person influenced by them well less so by them but more so i would say penny arcade plus scott kurtz plus chris Mm -hmm. Straub. like Mm -hmm. i would listen i listened to like the daily affirmation which was like chris and scott's podcast like religiously because it was like the first time i got to go out and kind of pluck some information there that was like the first podcast i listened to it was like that in the joystick podcast and it's funny because then like all of my stuff is word of mouth so it's like one day Justin McElroy recommended uh Mega Sixty Four. And then they recommended Giant Bomb. And then yeah. it's just and so you're just appropriating all of these sorry, all of these ideas and all of these like for so I can like deconstruct the way I talk or the way I think or the like the types of jokes I make. Yeah. I'm like, okay, this is Scott Kurtz, this is Chris Straub, this is Ryan Davis, this is Jeff Kirschman, this is Justin McElroy. That's that's funny. Really intense. I have no idea. I mean, there yeah. are, other than like when I directly reference things, like you know, Rick and Morty is just a constant stream of references for my life. Right. But uh, I I feel like I'm a mess of a lot of different influences, and I could never pick them out. Yeah, I'm um, very similar. Yeah, like I know. I, so my drawing style is like The Simpsons. Like taught me how to draw, like mm-hmm. without knowing that they did it, of course. But like. I, I can't possibly begin to try to trace back that kind of thing. Yeah. It's like just things like, you know, uh, Ryan Davis, like um, before he passed, like he would constantly purposely mispronounce words. And I always thought that was the most hilarious thing. Nice. Just, just randomly, like not even like just, okay, I'm going to say Diablo. <laughs> and, it's, and it's hilarious. And it's like, and so now I just do that. Or like there was this running joke at 
some point, like Chris and Scott were doing, they would mispronounce Spider-Man as Spitterman. And now whenever I say Spider-Man, I have to say Spitterman because mm-hmm. it's just it's just embedded in my head. Personally, I have to say Spider-Man. Yeah. Spider-Man. <laughs> Batman, Spider-Man. Batman, Spider-Man. <laughs> I come over the house. Hey, We're best friend. Hey, P- hey, Spider-Man, did you have a sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's mine. <laughs> it's, if you guys don't know it, it's this uh, Alex... Oh, man. Lindsay Butera and Alex Small, or Lindsay Small and Alex Butera. I can't remember which, but they are a, a couple who are animators, and they had a YouTube series years back of these animations of just, like, just slightly misnamed major superheroes <laughs> so that they could get away with it and it's just batman and piderman that's b-a-m-a-n <laughs> and 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 they're just the most ridiculous like uh, man how would we even describe them they they're 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 like kind of fat and lazy and they they roll around most places and have misadventures and relationships with musical instruments and <laughs> yes. it's 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 wonderful uh, it's it's surreal that's that's yeah. the word for it surreal uh, surreal internet cartoons. Wind, Wendy and I are currently watching um, Scrubs. I've never seen Scrubs before, oh. so we're going going through. We're almost done, and people keep telling me not to watch the last season because don't watch the last season. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen it. So they keep telling me. Um, didn't most of the cast like leave the last season or something? I don't. I didn't finish. No, it. it's it's the entire cast. It's yeah. like all of the interns that are introduced in the second to last season, and then plus Dave Franco. Yeah. So like that's the cast, but um. They do the intro. Every season's like, I can't do this. Oh, yeah. I'm no, and we just shout a different superhero every single oh. time. <laughs> I'm no Martian Manhunter. <laughs> I'm no Green Lantern. Nice. Oh, man. That's a good nerdy relationship. It's yeah. That's so stupid. That's happy times. I mean, that seems to be about the appropriate level of humor for Scrubs. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a at, good show. At, it is. <laughs> it made me want to be a doctor not for like the actual like medical work or all the experience but just because it seems like a fun place to hang out <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i know people are dying here but i like hospitals uh man I, I have a sister who works in the medical field i'm pretty sure she would disagree on all fronts oh it is fun then <laughs> oh no it's uh, according to her it's an absolute blast to drive through tra- she's an emt to oh, just God. drive through traffic like just honking horn, running the sirens, and just like we got a dying person back here, we need to get through. But yeah, yeah I've known. It's also like disgusting. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. I can imagine. Yeah, I've known a couple uh, emergency responders, first responders, also got firefighters. Really, huh? This got really kind of like. Well, I can loop this back to PAX actually. Yeah. No? Uh, so, so I was my ambulance. Joe can. Uh, Joe had an experience. I did have an experience. Oh man, uh, this is crazy. I, I I went to go get you know some food. You know, I was considering my options. I want to slow build this because it, it 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 drops the bottom drops out pretty quickly. So I was looking at hot dogs, nachos, you know, just some some standard junk food. But then I saw it. I saw bratwurst, and so I got this lady started. I was like, I want that bratwurst, and that lady was like. I'm going to get you this bratwurst. <laughs> and so she like put that bratwurst in a bun. She put some veggies on it. She like made this bratwurst look good. Right. And it was, you know, it was, it was a, an, uh, so she handed me the bratwurst. Right. Then she collapses on the floor. Oh <laughs> <laughs> really? <Yeah. laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Right. 
Um, <laughs> Told me that story earlier. The, the, the lady, like, there's a lady, like, uh, like I don't know, 10 feet back who's just like, um, security officer, that woman just passed out. <laughs> like, she was almost annoyed by it? <laughs> I swear she was annoyed by it. Like, she was like, I can't believe these workers are not doing their job. <laughs> <laughs> Sleeping on the job. I never... Um, sad story. Uh, she did end up dying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> how, how was the bratwurst? <laughs> it tasted uh, better somehow. Well, uh, it was okay. <laughs> I went to dying woman's last action. It's like it's just it's her life essence just permeates <laughs> yeah. the sausage, and that permeance was mediocre. <laughs> she lived a mediocre life. <laughs> The, uh, so right, so in that same vein, uh, yesterday, uh, Alex Mason and I uh, got in a lift to the convention center. And your driver passed out and you crashed and now you're all dead? Uh, oh. Man. <laughs> this is purgatory. This is a dark episode. Uh, so we're driving down. And the weird thing about Boston is that like there are these crazy intersections. There's like six different lanes of traffic all yeah. converging. And it's like... Okay, now this lane goes, now that lane goes, now that lane, you can only make left-hand turns, now that lane goes, okay, now no one goes, and all the pedestrians walk. Walk, 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 walk. It's weird. It's like, what the, like, I I don't know, like, there's like eight different directions, and my head has to be on a swivel, and the the, the, the Uber we were with, or the the Lyft we were in, uh, we were talking to the driver, and the driver's really friendly, and um, she comes to the stop sign, or the stoplight, and she's going to make a left-hand turn. But there's like, there's like one or two lanes of oncoming traffic, and there are one or two lanes of traffic she could turn into. She can make like a hard U-turn and go straight, or she can make like a soft U-turn and go at an angle. So some cars are driving by, and this one car comes by, and then a nut, like two or three more are like really close, like about to cross the intersection, and she just like goes into the intersection, just starting to do a UE, like the soft UE to go into the diagonal thing. And I'm like, and I see like, she has a green, but also these cars are going. And I'm like, this seems like a good way to get in a car accident. And then a split second later, I was hit by a car. <laughs> oh my God. Oh. oh, like it hit, I was in the front passenger seat and it just hit my seat and I was just, boom, boom. oh, and, whoa. I was, and I was fine. But like, I've never been in a car accident before. So it was just kind of the second of like, what, where am I? <laughs> it was like, just like, it, cause like your fight or flight can't kick in because right. you're just, you're constrained in it's this so vehicle. Sudden. So you're just like, get, punch the windshield. <laughs> it's like, I need to output this energy. Like, where can is I, it going? Can I uh, tell a, a, a follow-up story from that? Sure. But so, yeah, finish so, yours so what then. happens was, so she gets out of the car and this woman is kind of like this, this shorter, older. She's like, like if you think of like, like a, like a middle-aged Bostonian, like maybe mother of like five. Like that's the kind of, that's the driver hat. She's like, she's kind of like this hard working, like, Hey, how's it going? Like kind of thing. I mean, she was friendly, but she's like, you know, you know, probably led a rough and tumble lifestyle. You only got on her bad side. Yeah. Um, and like the car just smelled of cigarettes when, when we sat in. And so he, she gets out to go talk to the person that hit her. And I just look in the back a seat where Mason and Alex are. Mason's just like out, out. Just, we we need to get out of this vehicle before we are roped into this. And so we all kind of tumble tumble out. And uh, she's arguing with with the woman. It's this like young woman, probably like in her early twenties. Like 
driving. I don't know. She had like a white Prius or something. But and then she's like, oh, I had a green or like, and she's like, no, you didn't like, like she's yeah. in like straight up like northeastern on her ass, just right. like, you, like you motherfucker, you didn't do. I'm hey, like, I'm Boston here. Yeah, <laughs> and we're kind of like standing on the curb and we're like in this holding pattern of like, what would we do? And she's like, you guys saw it, right? And we're like, yeah, duh. And so we gave her like her phone numbers, and I think she tried calling me later, but I, I, I was like. Because this I'm was not like, answering this. No, but it was like it was Friday, and like we had a panel to prep for. Yeah, yeah. And like course. she she didn't leave me a voicemail or anything. She just and I, so I don't even know if it was that number, but could have been a date. Could have been a date. <laughs> could have been a Bostonian date. But yeah. no, like, that's how Bostonian dates start here. I know. I live here for one. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I have to comment a bit because I live here. Yeah, that's everywhere. That is Boston. You got the Boston welcome. I, I, Congratulations. I feel like I have. That is the Boston welcome. An intersection that makes no sense in drivers who are bad and very angry. I can't believe we haven't been in an accident yet. There's, Luke, I'm sorry, but people are bad drivers around here. They're oh, all, no. They're it's, so fucking aggressive. They are the worst. But they're not even like they're aggressive, but also careless. Yeah. Because it's like they like whenever anyone turns into makes a left hand turn into a new lane, they don't go and they don't stay in their lane they just straddle both lanes right and just ride the dotted line and push into whatever spot they want to push in and i'm like if you do that you're gonna end up like grinding against someone's car like i don't Everybody's understand just, i mean it seems like they're all pretty aware of it, at least all the drivers in the cars we've been in yeah it's like everyone has this like silent there's like a silent compact between everyone where it's like okay yeah. we're just gonna do this and it's gonna be okay the funny thing is Nick said, I'm surprised we haven't gotten into an accident. I've been with him most of the times in the lifts we've been in, and nothing has been wrong, at least in my eyes. I'm like, this is normal. Because you're one it's of these like, people. I, I'm one of these people. <laughs> I don't want to be one of these people. I, I absolutely mean these people. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. No, it's like every Boston is a cutthroat city when it comes to driving. I, I would it. hate to drive here, man. Yeah. I'm so glad I am taking lifts everywhere because I don't want to be responsible for anything up here. Um, but you talked about the, uh, that, that energy that builds up when you get into an accident cause your adrenaline is just like fucking through the roof and right. you've got to do something. So a couple of years back, my wife and I were moving and we had our last car load of the night to go from old place to new place. It was just odds and ends, like the weird stuff that didn't fit on the moving truck before or in goat head. Car loads. Well, we had some weird shit in there, but it was just odds and ends. And you know, if you're going to be on the last load of the night and you're going to have to get into a car accident, I guess that's the time. Uh-huh. You don't want to like lose it on the you know third load of the night and have all your shit in the old place. But so we're in this one. We get hit in an intersection, t-boned hard enough to spin the car twice. Holy shit! And I like just instant full to the brim rage. I <laughs> oh, <laughs> we've no. been spun around and we're facing the opposing car and sticking out over my head is this like dry bamboo shoot that was in the back seat that has now like launched forward over my shoulder Mm -hmm. and I just grab it and with all my rage throw it like a spear at the enemy (laughs) car (laughs) you're going down (laughs) Uh, headshot (laughs) I panged the car right in the side and that that was it you know that was was how I got that adrenaline out where I was like now I can process the situation Rachel are you okay you know what (laughs) I love how you prefaced it with like the enemy car yeah yeah it had to be it was an enemy enemy at that the moment. opponent vehicle yeah z targeting locked on yeah <laughs> his vision had 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 letter heads on it, it was yeah. a letter. <laughs> 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 
I don't drive in this city, but for if I had to guess, for that one moment, that's yeah, what it I feels like to drive in Boston. That, you're a Bostonian for one moment. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I'm pretty sure that's how they feel all the time. Oh and my folks, god, that's why I don't Boston. drive here. <laughs> the thing that always gets me with with accidents is the the, the volume is so like like the, the, the smacking of cars is loud yeah and you would expect it to be but you're like I, at least from my experience i've never been ready for how loud it is yeah when it's like even when it's like two cars tapping each other like in lanes it's like oh shit like that was like a collision of two things moving 60 miles an hour that is mm. like a uh, that, that's what always gets me more than even i think the jerking like honestly i've not been in a really serious accident i've never spun around twice but mm. uh yeah yeah accidents they'd be crazy i you know what i take i take it back i have been in like a small car accident before my neighbor backed into me uh <laughs> with 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 like one of those like like uh toy truck like <laughs> <laughs> jeep things no it was a fucking like grand caravan oh, like her shit. giant ass uh, the minivan and i was in I, when i lived at home my parents i had an expedition that I, that was basically my car by default I, I, I that's just the one i drove and I pulled out because our because our my parents' neighborhood is on this road that's a thirty-five mile an hour road, and and you have to pull out backwards onto this road. So you pull out and then you point the way you're going. And so I'm pointing one direction, and my my side my the driver's side door is facing to my neighbor's uh, driveway, and I just see this grand caravan oh, just yeah. careening <laughs> towards me, mm. and I just look and I go stop (laughs) and like the only thing i say afterwards because like this very well this late middle-aged kind of elderly woman and i just go lady (laughs) (laughs) and then when we fucking talked about it later she's like you called me lady i was like lady you fucking hit me there's a lot worse things you could have said in that moment like oh you managed to hold it together enough to say lady I tried to kill someone with bamboo. <laughs> <laughs> and the best part was she got out of a ticket because she used to be a sheriff. Oh, and I was God. like, all right. Her last name sucks. happens to be Lady. Was she Sheriff Lady? Sheriff, sheriff lady. lady. Surprisingly enough, having lived here for about 15 years, only been in one accident. And yeah. that was a long time ago. That's pretty good. I can think of one situation that was very close and it was stop my me going like, stop the car. Because we were like, <laughs> my mom was very frustrated. We were driving. It was when I was a lot younger. And we were just driving for her. She was frustrated. We were trying to get to this spot. And the bus just pulled out in front of us. The bus drivers mm-hmm. are insane too, except they yeah. have giant buses. Right. And we were like about to like T-bone the thing. I think that we, goes anywhere. Like the bus drivers everywhere. Are bus insane. drivers in Richmond. Yeah. Oh, oh my yeah. God. They just push themselves around. I've never they been don't, on a bus care. anywhere and else. We, so and we work in downtown. Yeah, well, I work at home, but I've been in downtown for work. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I find Richmond very agreeable for driving, but I do got to say, Luke, that reminds me, when I was a kid, I used to give my mom false alarms of impending accidents. I thought it was really funny to stress her out. Oh my so God, I'd be like, Mom, Joe, Joe. <laughs> she, would, she would jump and like slam on the brakes. <laughs> <laughs> that would we, not, that would not be good. Our mother yeah, quite a bit, but not, I don't think I ever did that one. That would not uh, be good for my mom. My mom's not a very good driver. One so. one thing I want to bring up from Nick, if, or maybe Nick, you should be the one. Can you tell him? Can you tell him about the time mom found the eyes on the car? <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. So we, uh, Joe and I, are brothers. For the listening audience who doesn't who don't know, and uh, our mom is is a very easy to uh, intimidate and uh, and and jump scare kind of person, I suppose. And I didn't. I did this thing one morning without even 
considering the implications like they meant they meant nothing to me it was just this like little haha gag and then i was gonna move on and not consider her paranoia at all um she drove a, a minivan and she was going to take uh joe to school and our grandmother was going to take me to school and i was standing out in the cold and it was a frosty day there was a lot of ice on the minivan so i <laughs> it was my finger on the minivan while i was waiting for my ride drew a pair of eyes and wrote in the words i'm watching you <laughs> and i don't know why i did this and i don't know why i didn't think about any lasting implications i i think i probably even considered it would probably melt before they left the house but uh apparently that threw her into a pretty severe panic attack i I got i can remember it still to this day where she was she was like she had her hand on the door and she just froze in place and she was like she just looks around like just this sudden like just, I mean, and meanwhile i was at school like the entire day had no idea that there was a problem and so, uh, i would imagine her like kind of like scanning the neighborhood and then just like a shadowy figure standing under a solitary tree yeah. just, like, just not moving <laughs> that's part is dun, we were surrounded dun. by woods oh, so no. like you you if somebody's watching you they have all the hiding spots in the world and uh so didn't she like freak out like because you you know the rest of the story better than i do but didn't she have like an issue with this like for a lasting amount of time? Oh yeah, no. Throughout like, the day, th- th- that that's that sticks with her. Yeah, no. I, <laughs> I, I um, oh gosh, I, I don't know. She, I mean, she called the police once when I was just like down the road playing basketball, and I didn't yeah, tell her. She freaks so, out. Uh, I, I don't know if she called the police on that one, but uh, she, uh, yeah, you know, it, she 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 was fun for those kind of gags. Boys will be boys, <laughs> right? <laughs> It was um, never even my intention to like really freak her out, but she, uh, yeah, I got, I got, I got scolded pretty bad when, imagine. when I got home. Pax, Family Guy, and Joe and Nick's mom. Yeah, car crashes. Yeah, car, car crashes. crashes. My parents, they're trans. They, they're not from here, and I'm not either. I grew up in California, but then we moved over. Um, that must have been this kind of a culture shock. Uh, still is. There is not a day when I'm not like in the car with either of my parents it's un- it's terrifying when i'm with my mom because i'm just like holding on like please don't because she, she drives slowly calmly smart and i'm like everyone else is gonna try to kill us <laughs> and my dad is just like angry he's just like your Why? dad is your dad Why? is a bostonian driver yeah no he, he, <laughs> he adapted he adapted yeah. First like, thing when he picked us up from the airport, he's like honking at people to get out of the way, and I'm like, oh jeez. <laughs> yeah, like, no, that's just basic and, communication. Well, yeah. it was a funny thing is like he he was like super aggressive, and I was like, oh god, he's one of these drivers, and then I was like, oh god, everyone is one of these drivers. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I'm surrounded. Yeah. yeah, that's like my dad. My dad was born in Brooklyn, and he grew up in Long Island, and he like we went up to a trip to New York once and he like immediately the second we got into Long Island, he just started driving like an asshole, almost got hit. Oh man, I'm like. Come on, get get together, pops! Like, come on, we gotta we gotta rally. Keep Man. that keep that southern hospitality going. <laughs> yeah, whenever any of my siblings, and I have a lot of them. Whenever any of them come to visit and they're driving, I'm like, you understand what you are doing? The implications here. You understand the implications of the actions you are about to take? Yeah, it's a nightmare. Moving yeah. on from trying to get killed. <laughs> Speaking of trying to get killed, I got nothing. I got nothing from that. Oh, no. (laughs) Empty segues. Uh, Has anyone else played anything at PAX that they want to talk about? Or just done done anything? There was one game that I don't want to talk about. I want to make Nick talk about it because he's the one who played it. Tooth and Tail? Yes. I had a feeling. Yeah. I I still feel bad about 
coming up to them and was like, oh, you guys made uh, Rogue Legacy. And the guy's like, no, we didn't. Nope. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, all the years that I built up all my game knowledge credibility just, like, immediately just were dissipated. Just like, yeah. it's gone. And so you just turn around and walk away, man. You're just like, they'll never remember me. Well, the best part is, like, that, <laughs> you know? I, was, I wasn't even talking to, like, a dev. It was, like, some QA guy or something. It was, like, oh, some, okay. some guy right. just helping running the booth. Yeah. Well, then you're all right. <laughs> no, that it's hugely embarrassing. Embarrassing, I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, Tooth and Tail is a badass. Can you actually play nail. the game? No, the, the, everyone was taking up the. I kiosk. think it's Tooth and Tail. Is it not? It's Tooth, tooth and Tail. Ah, it's got it's Tooth no, and Tail. The, the, they're it's mice. a play on Tooth, tooth and, and nail, nail, certainly. Yes, but the I'm, particular game is called Tooth and Tail. It's tooth and Tail. I'm pretty sure. It's you still. look it up on your cell phone while I tell this story about well, it. That's well, not a story. On your, on your cellular it's not a story, phone. but while I talk about the game. On your cellular phone. It's, what's cruel about it? What cruel? What's cool about it? <laughs> I'll so get cruel. there. Um, is that it's uh, it's it's an RTS made to play with a controller, uh-huh. and I think that's the the huge innovation for it because it felt perfectly smooth the entire time I played. Yeah. So basically, you like you control a hero unit. Yeah, and, like, and that's how you assign like resource gathering and and, and deploying, and building buildings, and yeah, exactly. Um, and then you just you you have you know either you select a particular unit type and use your left trigger to order them around, or you uh, want you you want to bring your whole army. Which to me kind of felt like there was never a time I didn't want to bring my whole army, but I just, I hold the right trigger and lead them into battle and watch just chaos happen with mice and lizards and squirrels and hawks fighting each other. Beautiful pixel art, great quick play RTS, and I've never, I've literally never played an RTS with a controller that actually worked before today. I was telling the um, one of the devs we were talking to, I think his name is Dexter. Yeah, I don't know if you appreciate this this comparison, but I was like, this this looks like you guys like succeeded at like the pitch Brutal Legend was trying to make with. And that game turns into an RTS. Oh yeah! But you're like controlling the hero unit. And you're, right. You're commanding units. Like, but that gameplay mechanic works much better in an isometric view than a third person over the shoulder or kind of pulled out. Like, like the short right. pulled out Absolutely. view that Brutal Legend has. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, it does. I but mean, he was it like, feels yeah, more like an right. RTS over that height, you know. So. It does work, um, and the other cool thing is it's it's this Redwall inspired game. So if you like Redwall books, you know mice and rats fighting each other and stuff like that. They uh, they were telling us at the the demo that they um, what they did was they went and found Redwall fan artists, and then they picked like their their favorite one guy who made the best Redwall fan art and said, "Hey, can you come do?" It? They specifically sought him out and hired him to do all the art for the game it's, it's funny it's kind of a departure from monaco which is the game they made yeah uh we're a great game too um I, yeah also funny is that our buddy um golem of golem and goblin studios who is a uh, let's player and artist and everything uh-huh. really good friends with those guys and i didn't bring it up because i'm an idiot i i should have said something uh, our friend is our your friend we should be friends i, I wouldn't sweat it it's, there's so much going on yeah yeah extra all the senses sensory overload but like um I mean, this art style is very much kind of a departure from the Monaco yeah, art style. Yeah, very different. But they brought in a whole different artist, so it yeah. makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he wasn't part of the team before. Monaco is very, very minimalistic. In it is, but it geometric. works. Yeah, you got these big QB characters, and uh, it's all about just like looking at the light, where the light is shed, and moving through those spaces. Uh, Monaco is great. I love it. I should play more of it. I should play more of 
all the games I own. <laughs> yes. I should play some Breath of the Wild. Really yeah. wish I had a chance to play that before I left. My Steam library is almost up to a thousand games at this point. Woo! It's over a thousand if you count some of the uh, family sharing. They're definitely family and not random people who I'm friends with. <laughs> not random people who I want to play their games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I I do feel like going back to what you said about uh, telling the the dev that he did something that, that you know did something well that another game tried to do. I do feel like every now and again I'll be like, oh, this reminds me of this one game, and I yeah. see the developers go. <sighs> Yeah, yeah. You know, like, like I, I just want to feel original, like splody. Uh, I oh oh the bomberman. Yeah. <laughs> bomberman. There's a game out on the floor, and I feel so bad. But like, I wanted the guy to like feel like we were having a good time. We were, but we were literally just playing bomberman. There's there's nothing different about his game. It, it's it's just bomberman with with okay. There's one small difference when you have revenge mode active in bomberman. People who die go to the outside edge and they throw bombs in from the edge and the bombs go like two spaces in. And if it lands on another bomb, it bounces off that bomb and goes a third space in unless there's more and more bombs. And then it just keeps bouncing. That's that's Bomberman's revenge mode. His revenge mode. You have a targeting reticle and you place the bomb where you want it to. Literally the only difference from one game to the next. Well, exact same pickups, exact same icons for the pickups. Oh, geez. Um, it's everything is 100% the same and he's calling it a different game. And how does that happen? How is it okay? <laughs> you know, I think some people are really good at convincing themselves that, like, or, or maybe maybe some people aren't aren't offended at themselves for, yeah. for taking concepts that have been done and doing them again. Well, I mean, look at the twenty forty eight guy. You know, taking the threes idea, yeah, mixing up a little bit, and then he just made it free, and they sure. made mm-hmm. way much way more money on ads than yeah the threes developer did until they made theirs free to play. Right. Right. And there's this weird thing. You can't copyright game mechanics. Nope. So they're not wrong to go ahead and make a Bomberman clone. That's that's legally acceptable. But he's brought nothing to the table. There's only like two or three like patented game mechanics. And one of them is like the sphere grid in whatever Final Fantasy game. Hmm. Interesting. Never heard of it, so... Yeah. It's it, one, one, one How do they get away with it? What, what is it so unique that it's yes? They have to they have to like prove originality. Yeah, things like that. It's the same thing with what was it Namco that owned the 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 mini games during loading screens patent? Really, that just expired like a year or two ago. Oh, that's good. Yeah, um, hmm. it's things it's things like that. It's yeah. it's it's hard, but no mechanics anyway. Right. Um, yeah, it's hard to prove originality, and I mean, and it's that weird thing where it's like, okay, our games technology or are they art is right. like you know because i've a lot of a lot of games just falls in, into copyright but that's characters and and titles and narratives and things like that it's like you can't copyright game mechanics yeah, international property or uh, intellectual property law <laughs> international, international property. property south china sea yeah stop building on these barrier islands um <laughs> we got real political today intellectual property laws is really fascinating it's absolutely the, the interesting thing to me is that all right so uh, you know some games are directly like uh the, the in, in certain games the mechanics will reflect the themes of the game and some games it won't sometimes the mechanics are just a method of uh deploying fun and sometimes the mechanics are meant to make you feel a certain way um and i think in a large part when mechanics are imitated it's because they've been proven successful which is you know, it's it, it's no longer about the artistic side of it. It's about this is a formula that we can use, and that 
to me is closer to to what would be like copyright infringement than um if you had like a legitimate excuse to be like this mechanic serves an artistic purpose we have that feels like the more appropriate time for uh using that 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 kind of mechanic if it worked well to elicit a certain feeling in one game and this this feeling something you want to elicit um but you can't build copyright law on a feeling. No, you can't. You can't. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 you get uh, hooked on a feeling. Yeah, you can't I mean, do that. I'm, sometimes I'm even high on believing, to be honest. Um, Believer. That's a game, right? Believer? Um, oh, gosh. All right. I had I, I had to mention this somewhere. I need to what? actually... Hold on. Well, if you need to look it up, I want to I want to talk about, to Nick about a different game. Why are, you, why are you looking that up? Just to me. Uh, just you. It's just you and I. Go away, Luke. Luke, cover your ears. <laughs> No, well, that, that's when I ran into you on Friday. Is when oh we were right, at the, the Beanstalk or Wildlands. Wildlands, that's right. I Wyland. was one 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 booth over. Sorry, um, sorry, Beanstalk. You got to mention for no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what? Were... So I didn't I didn't get a lot of time to look at Wildlands. Okay. They they gave me a key, so it might show up on Instant Replay Live, which yeah. would be cool. They gave they gave Mason a key too. Nice. Um, so I I Mason played it, and I was like looking over his shoulders. First off. The lady had like no interest in like pitching the game to Mason. Really? He was kind of like, "Hi, like you know, uh, we're doing a panel on hidden gems. You're talking about." It. She's like, well, "Here it is." It's like, "Oh, okay." Like she, he was trying to like start a dialogue with her to like. That's funny because I didn't have that issue. Oh. She was like, "Here's the spiel," in whatever accent she had. She was she was not American. She was from Spain. I believe yeah. She's okay. Um, and I think the dev in general is from the Czech Republic. Okay. Uh. But yeah, she, well, I mean, I mean, yeah, she would, she would explain mechanics and things like that. But like okay. when Mason wanted to like have a conversation with right. her, she didn't like, she I think, I think with a lot of devs, it's the um, language barrier. Oh, okay. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Um, but so, so the basic like mechanic of, well, I mean, it's, it's, so it's kind of like a Minecraft. It's like a third yeah. person Minecraft, but you have the fracture terraform mechanic or I yes. guess, I guess now it's kind of owned by Astroneer, because uh, Astroneer has like a big terraform mechanic, I think. Okay. Um, I haven't played any Astroneer. It has a terraform mechanic either way, though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. So you have this reticle that's basically like this volumetric sphere, um, that's that is just uh rendered as like a wireframe mm-hmm. that floats a couple feet yeah. in front of you, and you kind of like hover it around, and you click, and you can create peaks and valleys and stuff with yes. it. And we're like, oh, this is kind of cool, and the art style is kind of cool. It's very, it's that 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 blocky, like low poly art yeah, style you see a lot poly. of a lot of games trading on. And Mason is like kind of circle strafing this spot and like running, and he goes to click the terraform, and the frame rate drops to like ten. Oh, and we're just like, hmm. And it's like we get it. Yeah, it's a demo. It's, yeah, it's yeah. it's a work in progress. But this is also packs, and I can only imagine how much money you spent on this booth right wouldn't you want to try to make sure your game was was in a good state and 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 like um i mean shit happens in one sense like you gotta you never know when something like that might just happen if it's not always recreatable yeah so maybe it just happened maybe it wasn't a big yeah, deal it was it, like it wasn't like framey the whole time but it was just like seeing that big frame bump and like and but like, also there are people who are less attuned as the four of us on this couch maybe yeah to, uh, well i mean to to details like that 
And I think anytime a developer is coming to PAX, it's like they just want to generate hype, right? Yeah. That's all they want. And, it's you know, they're trying to generate it in the indie bubble as opposed to the, the giant screens and whatnot. But they're still they're still just looking for hype. Right. And, and I think, I don't know, man. I, and you, I'm not you, saying, like, the big games don't have tech issues. Of course. They always yeah. have tech issues. Yeah. And, I mean, Mason and I had this conversation. It was like, you know... If we were to go to PAX, I think I think I told you this already, but if we were to go to PAX, we would do what Ultimate Chicken Horse does. Like, they're already out. Right. Like, you just, because when people come to your booth, they're going to forget about you in the next half a day. Yeah. So you need to give them something actionable at that moment. Right. So there right. was like the game uh, Dino Blaster uh, at MAGFest, and he was, and people would come up to his booth, and it's like, oh, it's cool. Where can I play it? And it's like, well, you can vote for it on Steam Greenlight. And then by the end of the weekend, his game was greenlit. Yeah, there you go. Because he gave him something actionable, and that's a very easy action to take because yeah. there's no buy-in with that. It's just, but you could also come with a... Well, even if there was, you could even come with a Kickstarter as long as there's a good... like. Right. You talked about sizzle reels. You got a good sizzle reel, you can show off something that gets people excited. But like PAX is such a com- consumerist show yes. that like people here are here to play and they're here to buy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I... Me, at least, if I were to do like Indie Mega Booth, I think I would do an Indie Mega Booth at a PAX post release. That's one way to look at it. Um, I'm not, and I'm not saying that's the, the only way to look at it, right? Yeah. But, um, I feel like from where we were, if, we, if we're looking at like a, a cost benefit analysis, I think that would be the smartest leverage of like our resources. I think I definitely agree what you're saying about something actionable because there needs to be something for people to get invested in. Yeah. And if, if it is just that, Hey, here's the game. I mean, their game is, is out in early access or no though for Wildlands. Uh, I wasn't very clear on that. It's gotta be out for early access because they gave me a key. key. Yeah. (laughs) I haven't activated it yet, but they gave me a key again. The picture of Dan Harmon with the middle finger (laughs) is is possible. So, so, I mean, there is something there. I get the rights to this. And I think they, I think they offered, um, either a, a demo or something for anybody. And we got the full game key because we're maybe going to cover it on the channel. But um, it's, it's also the kind of thing where like, I understand that they are a, a small shop. They're just a couple developers working on this thing. And when PAX is coming, they don't get to choose. <laughs> like, yeah, like they can't be like, Oh, we didn't finish. Let's just not go. Right. Yeah. They're, they're going to go with what they have. You show what you have and you hope for the best, you know? I kind of going back on that, like, you know, playing the game and then just suddenly big glitch happens. I had a similar thing that happened. I was like, it was actually a, I feel like this was a much bigger game. It was a new Monster Boy game. Yeah. Yeah. Was, you know, I saw revival of the old series. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I never played any of those, but I'm like, okay, I know this is a game that's been around for a while, mm-hmm. but just hasn't gotten, hasn't, you know, had any games recently. So I went over to play it and I like, you know, get, get familiar with controls. And then I go through a screen transition and the game crashed. Yeah. And I, you never do, know what's going to happen. Yeah. And I do got to say that kind of, I'm going to go back and actually play it, but like that kind of killed my enthusiasm. I was like, it's okay. I'm going to go now. <laughs> yeah. I'll you, be back. You got up and walked away. Well, yeah. Uh, I, I kind of felt bad for that. <laughs> just to close off a, a loop that we opened up earlier, oh. uh, in reference to Believer, this so called <laughs> game that I mentioned. In fact, I had my wires crossed. Believer is a song by Imagine Dragons that I was trying to tell people about. <laughs> <laughs> you you want to do some hype promoting for Imagine well, Dragons? So Imagine Dragons, in my mind, has sucked for a couple years like they had some good songs and then they just stopped making good songs and believers pretty good so you know what what? go out there and listen to that song this is it 
the apocalypse. Oh shit! I, <laughs> what? Are you waking up? Um, yeah. I don't even know. You like, feel awesome. it in your bones. But, but I just want to say, there is somebody who makes us a believer in all of us. That's Bob Thorne. Yep. Mm. Praise be unto him. Bring it all back to Bob Thorne. Is Bob I gotta Thorne. go. I gotta go Zoltan. check that demo. <laughs> Zoltan. I feel like I'll be missing out a lot if I don't go check out that booth. Yeah. yeah. You just need to witness it. Yeah. And it's an experience. Like I probably I if if it was just me without Mason, I would have stopped and for two minutes and been like, this is fucking stupid and then walked away. But Mason has just sold it to like just a higher plane of being. That's amazing. Are you sure he's not like an inside man? <laughs> I mean, it could be. He's getting a cut from Bobby. He's got the gold coin. Oh. He's on tier three. <laughs> His level is off the charts. <laughs> um. So yeah, anything else, guys? Anything else? Man, I mean, there were so many good titles. It's impossible to try to to name them all to be honest we haven't even talked about the board game side yeah or that's like true too other stuff i we mean got, we got our puerto rico fix mm, today i i did buy a, a pretty sweet game called grim slingers yeah uh, it's a, like a weird western like it's got both a competitive game and a co-op game it's, it's you know i, I i've yeah, i haven't even really had a chance to play it yet but i'm it's just it's it's cool to, the fun thing about me for the board game side of packs is like uh, normally I go to hobby shops and get games or I order them off the internet but to talk to like board game developers in person is super cool same 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 as the you know video game side of it it's just uh, yeah it's uh, it's fun because they can you know physically show you pieces and be like you know this is they can they can explain their game process with like you know a greater level of like interaction and uh, that's that's uh, that's a fun wow Joe it sounds like you might be interested in a PAX Unplugged coming to a Philadelphia near you this November that's right PAX please pay us money for <laughs> <laughs> Do you do you get a good response from devs when you say like, "Hey, I'm a YouTuber. You know, tell me about your." I, from the, I didn't ask from the, nearly as many people as Nick did, but everybody I asked was like, "Oh, cool, right on." Yeah, from the indie game Respect. devs. <laughs> yeah, from the from the video game devs, most of them got excited. Um, I mean, there were a few that were just kind of like, "Eh," <laughs> you know, like they, they don't one? see the value yet. Yeah, right. they've been getting cards all day. Yeah, most of them were like, "Oh, let's get you a key," or let's you know email me on this email address. It's my personal. Like, I had a lot of of um, they would hand me the business card. I would tell them who I am and wh- what we were doing, and then they would go, "Oh, give me that card back," and they would give me their personal business card instead. Oh, because it has their their direct email as opposed to a generic company. Sometimes email. their personal business card or their 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 higher level business cards even had USB drives into inside their business <laughs> card. <gasps> yeah, that was a uh, the. Um, the Darwin Project, yeah. like um, their their media kit card has all the like press assets info and, and assets and everything, and they gave us that. Yeah, that's cool. You know, it was really cool to see like the devs and like just talking yeah. about the game. So like, we want to look at your game. Like, I didn't ask nearly as many people. I asked like a couple, and it was mostly like picking back off. And they're like, yeah, yeah. I also I also review games, but it was like awesome to just like talk to them about the game and go like it's oh yeah no, i'm cool. interested in this i'm excited about this. it makes had, it so much more personal yeah and, and yeah. gives it me meaning like i had a lot of fun like what's gonna go make a fun talk i i talked to the devs for that for a bit mm-hmm. and i was like i really like this game i really enjoyed it i went and bought a t-shirt i did a t-shirt a t-shirt yeah <laughs> but, just take yeah. a t-shirt put it on your legs yeah <laughs> just walk around and be happy <laughs> oh it's not where you cut the midsection so it's just a little short <laughs> <laughs> There's three holes because you know you need easy access. Wait, th- three holes? Yeah, because you for, take the, for when you're wearing it. You on take your the legs. t-shirt and you flip it upside down. It's a t-shirt and you just pull it up your legs. Yeah. Oh, okay. But doesn't it doesn't it have four holes? 
It does. It technically, it does. <laughs> if you want to get technical, shorts have. I don't. <laughs> I don't, but I had no choice, Dylan. <laughs> you brought me to this point. Well, yeah, but it is. It's a lot of fun. It makes it like. I suddenly care about these games so much more because I've met the people behind them. Yeah. And I know that's that's not like a translatable experience for someone who's listening who didn't go to PAX who will care more about these games just because I cared. That's not a thing. But for me personally, it meant a lot. So it's always fun. Touched by a developer. Yeah. yeah. I was touched by some of them. Oh. Uh, one, one, <laughs> oh. one. Uh, Where are you going with this? <laughs> I'm trying to remember which, which developer it was, but one fondled my beard for a little bit while we were talking. So that was interesting. Oh, yeah. So, were you digging it? Some people. Uh, well, there was another bearded guy. And so he, that, that bearded guy reached out to the developer's beard and started touching his beard. Mm. And then the developer just kind of reached over and started touching my beard. It was a little beard orgy. <laughs> yeah. Start yeah. chain. Start chain. I mean, yeah. <laughs> When you, when you have a beard that is that is lengthy, it is a thing that people like. Just yes. can I touch your beard? Or sometimes they just touch your beard. Yes. You know, uh, I will say that if you just put your arm out, you'll probably catch a beard on the pack yeah. show floor. Yeah. Just go out there and close your eyes and lift your arms up and <laughs> just feel beards moving by you. Got me two beards. The developer for Kingdom of Loathing thought I was someone he knew. I guess he was like, "Oh, hey." I you you've been around these for a couple of years or something, right? Like, how do I know you? And I was like, I'm just the fat like nerd template. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've never been here. You don't know me. <laughs> that has been so accurate because like it's very easy to get lost at PAX, especially when it's like, oh, I want to go check that out, but like you know my friend's doing this. So the amount of times I got like separated from everyone is great. But I'm like, okay, I'm gonna look for Nick. He's the tallest person around. Well, not tallest person around. Sure, there. plenty of tall people. And but- then the Reinhardt stomps by. Yeah, and exactly. like, well, all right, my entire prep. You know, like idea of what scale is yes. is completely, <laughs> it's completely gone. gone. But um, tallest person that I was with, and it was just like, okay, so tall there's, person, there's six glasses there. and a beard. And then I actually looked around, and I was like, yep, no, this, yeah. uh, never mind. I'm in. I'm among my people. I have a funny. <laughs> I have a funny story about that because so me so you know we all got uh, passes, uh, three day passes for doing the panel, right? Uh, I had bought everyone. Uh, Saturday and Sunday passes before then because in an off chance we didn't get the into the panel I we, we were going to come anyways I um so when we get the pass the the panel passes I was like all right everyone you got to sell your passes or do do whatever you want with them um so I sold mine to Kenny uh Alex sold his somewhere because there's a very active subreddit for buying and selling the packs passes yeah. uh Dan gave his to his friend who lives here in Boston and Mason goes to sell his two and he was he got the guy's number and he's texting him because he was going to meet him here uh, at PAX. Apparently the guy had a, like a Friday pass and so he was going to give him a Saturday and Sunday one. And <laughs> Mason goes, well, okay, well, give me a general idea what you look like. He goes, um, I'm tall, I'm white, I have a beard. And Mason responds with, I too am tall and white and have a beard. <laughs> we'll meet up. Yeah. And then... Uh, but he he ended up showing up to the panel, uh, and so we got the passes then. Yeah, there's there's. So he just got that far in without a pass. He had a Friday one. Oh, okay. And Mason oh, was giving okay. him a Saturday and Sunday one. Saturday Sunday, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. But yeah, that 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 template, like you're saying, Nick, is everywhere. Like it does feel like you could easily get into this packs without ever yeah. having a badge. 
There were points where you could you couldn't like the concerts. You most definitely could not sure, because sure. they checked them. But yeah, for the most part, there was one woman near the coat check who was like, if you didn't have your pass out, she would mm-hmm. say, "Hey, can you please, if you were wearing a jacket, say, sure. can you please put it on the outside of your jacket so we can see?" Yeah, um, but people, you could just easily it just be seems like, like, you could breeze through most places. Yeah, um. I was in uh, breaking in the packs, gentlemen. Packs Prime a few years back, and it was way more serious. The enforcers were like badge, 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 you know, constantly calling you out on it. And uh, and here, it just really feels like Rachel commented that she was like, "I could have just like printed out yours, <laughs> like 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 taken a copy of yours and put some laminate around it. I think I would have gotten through just fine." Walking through the room is a guest interrupting the podcast. <laughs> Perfect. For those of the, if, if you can't hear that, Kenny said hello as he walked into the bathroom. As he walked, and into I the just bathroom. want to say again, if you, uh, you know, coming up on future episodes, do look for the moment when Kenny reciprocates my my uh, his love for you. Outpouring. Yeah, the, my emotional outpouring in 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 showing his own love for me. One day, Kenny and I will be together. <laughs> <laughs> he said them. I couldn't hear him. That muffled noise from the bathroom was. I can only imagine Kenny's excitement. <laughs> <laughs> we need that sound bite. That's a <laughs> damn. Don't scare my friends away. <laughs> that muffled noise from the bathroom. Oh man. Kind of going back to the PAX thing, at least PAX East, having lived in Boston, it's been growing a lot. Oh, absolutely. Hugely PAX East. Because like two years ago- Bigly. Bigly. Bigly growing. Um, Two years ago, they had an entirely different convention center, which was much smaller than this one. And now today- Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. It was the Heinz Convention Center. And then last year was the first year I ever went to PAX. And it was not- It was crowded, certainly- but it was not this crap. Yeah. And then today I met somebody who works for the convention center. I was just like, I need a break. And I went and found a small spot to sit. And he was a uh, photographer and he just wanted somebody to talk to, I guess. So he started talking to me and he was telling me that they're going to be expanding the convention center for like an extra 300,000 feet or something like that. And they're adding in a bunch of hotels and restaurants and stuff closer by. So it's only going to get bigger. Yeah. It's, no, they're doing just, a yeah, the, the, the like food court wasn't here last year, was it, Luke? Uh, I don't think it was. No, yeah. they're doing a lot of construction in the area that yeah. the uh, convention center is. They've been doing that for the past couple of years, mm-hmm. and they're probably going to be doing it for quite yeah. a long time. He said hotels are coming in. That'll be great. Get I, more hotels I, close to the center. I think we're we're just we're approaching that like con singularity where there's a con every weekend, yes. and convention centers just hold them because because they're yeah, such- line them up. Knock them down. It's easy to go to a con almost every month. Like, well, not easy. You've got travel, but there are cons on your half of the United States every mm-hmm. every month. You know, yeah. uh, and and it's just gonna. I think it's. I I think the the momentum it has is, is we're not near the top of what cons like can and will be right because people because there are people who go to every con like they 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 just go constantly and for a lot of people that's out of out of bounds financially. But yeah, I don't cons, know how people who do it like. Uh, I don't know how people who live on cons, like people who who make their money at cons, can handle going from con to con to con and not just completely burn out. So that's what, um, um, uh, not like 
you mean as like an exhibitor or as like a showrunner? As a as a whatever you are, if it's your job to be at a con, if you make your money by doing cons. So Chris, uh, Tim, and John, the guys that run the playthrough convention that went yeah, to rally, yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah, they uh, they're professional like show planners for like bridal shows mm-hmm. and, and home shows. So when so playthrough was like their fun yeah convention that they did in their but it's free time so much work to run a con yeah and then and I, I know else. firsthand because i have a friend who ran a con for a while and just he burned out i mean it it's so much effort and then to go to all the cons that you have to do to promote your con and to uh to to just be involved in everything all year round basically when you when you finish year one's con you start planning year two yeah like you don't have any break between and like in in like, and that's why I made that sense that like, or I made that statement that like Boston Convention Center doesn't give a shit because from the, from the, <laughs> yeah. from the standpoint of like, they, they assign you the dates. Mm-hmm. So that's why this year the dates were immediately after GDC because Penny, Penny Arcade didn't have any control over that. The convention center is like, here are your dates. And they're like, okay, I guess we got to take these dates. You I mean, you, you give them a date range and then they try to accommodate you. But huh. it's the convention center plans it out. And, and, and when I did the panel with um, Tim, Chris, and John, you have to have a, like, uh, a line of credit to, like, be able to plan beyond uh, a year out. So if Playthrough wanted to do the next five years, I think they needed, like, at least a credit worth, uh, like, $100,000 or something, that mm-hmm. much of a credit mm-hmm. line. And I mean, I'm sure Penny Arcade can do that. So oh, they, of course, <laughs> they they probably have the next I don't know, probably five five years. All these up. things are on contract. Yeah, they yeah. they figure it out. Yeah, but no, but it's it's very much like <laughs> the Boston Convention Center Teamsters are like, no, this, these these are the dates you're getting. These dates you're getting. You go, go be happy with these dates. Is that your Boston yeah. accent? <laughs> <laughs> very accurate. I, I like about that. Just every accent. Like, <laughs> this is a British person. Oi, governor. Yeah, um, they're they're probably totally like that because last year, uh, PAX East 2016 was in April. Yeah, in fact, late April. It was very. It was, was nice. It was moderate. It was nice temperatures. I don't know that packs would be the same without a ten degree being out in the cold without a jacket my, that I had this morning. My face hurt so much. We <laughs> walked down this one street and it was like I, I, my face was being sandblasted off. Hey, oh, the sand! Oh, yeah. God damn it, the sand! <laughs> there's, there's literally. So we came in on Thursday, or we came on Wednesday. On Thursday, we went out and did like museum stuff in mm-hmm. downtown downtown boston uh, yeah is yeah. that called downtown yeah, okay just a bit outside but yeah downtown okay boston. so we we get off the train and we're, we're crossing this bridge to get towards the science museum and just like the wind is insane and it nearly blows luke off the bridge and he's <laughs> like you know we're we're hunkering down jackets over our heads kind of thing and there's just sand whipping us in the face getting in our eyes getting in our ears getting in our teeth and uh God, i love that grit <laughs> we so when we got out of the science museum we're like we're not walking across that bridge again we're gonna go ahead and get a lift from here and we're driving past the bridge and we look over and there's this like sand pulverizing factory it's just like on the other side of the bridge it's only purpose is to put sand in the air <laughs> yes. I, think that's it. I think it's just there to just cover the 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 ground and air and sand to keep tourists away yeah no that thing's been there forever and <laughs> Like, 
that's right. Like, give you an idea. That's right next to like the community college I went to. Yeah. And so I'd walk across, and I volunteered at the Museum of Science. So I'd walk across that bridge several times a week. Yeah. And half of his face is shaved off by sand. It's horrible. Exactly. His, so that his was diet like, is only sand. He <laughs> looks like a James Bond villain. <laughs> so while it was like I got to this, I was like, wow, that was strong. Honestly, I was like, okay, I could do that again. Yeah. I'm used to that. Yeah. 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 We weren't we weren't feeling it. We yeah. were picking sand out of our teeth and our hair in the shower yeah. that night. It was crazy. I'm hardened by this. I was city. walking around the gardens um <laughs> on Thursday, like midday, uh, over here. Um like over towards where the fine art museum is. And it was pretty windy, but it wasn't like, and it was like, I don't know, 50, 40, but it was like bearable. And once it got below freezing, it was, ah, oh, it was murderous. The only thing that kept my hands together this morning was that Dunkin' Donuts Grande Burrito, transferring its own heat to my fingers to keep them safe from the elements. That's yeah. right. Get your own burrito every morning <laughs> at Dunkin' Donuts. And while you're at it, grab a frozen hot chocolate. They're yeah. terrible. <laughs> now the vlog is truly Bostonian because for people who are listening that do not know a thing about Boston, here's the thing about Boston. Duncan. I want to say we, but I don't oh, want to. The people here really like Dunkin' Donuts. Dunkin'. They are donuts. everywhere and there is always Dunkin'. a ton of people in them. Donuts. It's just insane the amount this donuts. I, I'm not. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Poor Dylan. <laughs> it's a tight ship I run. <laughs> donuts. <laughs> the people here like Dunkin' Donuts. Yes. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> I feel like I got the point across. Yeah. Oh, well done. All right. Well, I think with that, yeah. <laughs> with that anecdote, I think it's time to wrap it up. Uh, so come to PAX for the games. Stay for Boston's sand. Car uh, crashes. <laughs> car crashes. Cold attitudes. Weather. And their, you know, their accents. <laughs> the, rich, the rich culture. Thanks, guys. Luke. Joe. No. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for coming back. Or for the first time. <laughs> I was about to say, I've been Come here back before. For the first time. Again. Uh, it's been great. This is awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you. See you on the video. <laughs> <laughs>